stand out from the crowd by gaining the right experience. The next step in your cybersecurity journey starts with Cybrary. Sign up for the Insider Pro or Teams product to learn and develop skills and reach your goals. Calling all engineers, this week on the Cybrary podcast, we welcome Zachary Ozer from Clubhouse. From one VP of engineering to another, Mike and Zach talk all things development, product planning, and how to help junior and senior engineers be more effective and enjoy their jobs. Zach also offers key insights into how people at Clubhouse further their initiatives and how to parse through and implement customer feedback into product development. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Cyberry Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gruen, VP of Engineering and CISO here at Cyberry. And today we're joined by Zach from Clubhouse IO. Uh, I'll let Zach introduce himself and then we'll get started. Yeah, I'm Zach, VP of Engineering at, uh, at Clubhouse. We make project management software for software development teams. Uh, and, you know, excited to be here talking to you today, Mike, about uh, how we do, uh, you know, security and compliance uh, at Clubhouse. Cool. Yep. And uh, full disclaimer, we use Clubhouse. We've been using them for years. Uh, really like the product. Uh, we use it for all of our product and software engineering uh, management, uh, including our uh, infrastructure and operations. So totally in a DevSecOps uh, use case. Um, so yeah. So um, yeah, why don't we get started a little bit? Like, can you just tell us a little bit more about your product and, and you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So Club, uh, Clubhouse is project management software. Um, if you've ever used a product like Asana, Trello, Jira, uh, GitHub issues, things like that. So issue tracking, but we try and be uh, you know simple enough that any team from you know one to uh, ten people can start using it immediately uh, with no previous project management experience, and we scale up to thousands of users, uh, and we provide all of the tools that you need in there to to absorb all of that complexity. So uh, if you want to organize your work into a Kanban board and just work on that uh, with, with your you know, team of 10, that works awesome. And as you grow and you need epics and milestones and ways to visualize how you know, uh, an engineering org with, with tens and hundreds of people uh, is, is delivering work, we have reporting and advanced views and ways of organizing your work to help you do that. Yep, and we found it to be great. We uh, we actually use it in a continuous delivery model, so no sprints, no, it's not agile, um, and it works very well. One of the things we like about it is, or one of the reasons I chose it in the first place was, um, it has everything we need, but in like not a, it's not super highly complex, configurable like a lot of the other products on the market where you spend the amount of time to get it up and running the way you want it to is it, and then the idea of changing it is like uh it's just a big mount, you know climb a uh, big mountain to climb so i think it's like meets that perfect like storm of uh, just what you need not really a whole lot more not a whole lot less and and we've we've been using it for years as i said so i'm super happy uh, with yeah and I'm like, I'm sure you know, Mike, you know, if you're a VP of engineering at any small company, you wear a lot of hats, right? So um, VP of engineering and CISO. So I think you can, I think. Yeah, I can. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm VP of engineering, I'm CISO, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I actually used to to run product for Clubhouse also. I've, I've, uh, I'm our, our IT admin, uh, you know, by night I read contracts, you know, for, for finance, right? Like, so you, you, you do kind of everything. Right. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Uh, right. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to knock on the door to ask me to help them plug in their laptop. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so like, I think that that's, you know, I think that that's part of the thing is like, you, you know, as a VP of engineering at a small company, 
um, you know, and not even maybe that small, right? Hundred plus people, like you've got a lot of hats to wear and a lot of jobs to do, and and keeping track of all of those things, and you know, making sure that it, you know if you're trying to to be, you know, for you know your CISO, like you're trying to maintain a compliance or security posture, right? Like that's a tough job to manage with everything else you've got going on. Uh, you know, with hiring and, uh, you know, trying to ship and deliver things on time. And so, you know, it, it's a lot, it's a lot of work to, to it's, it's a lot of work to keep track of and to manage to make sure you're hitting, hitting, uh, hitting important dates. So um, definitely something that, that, you know, I like, you know, keeps me up at night is, is trying to, to make sure that, that all the plates keep spinning. And so any tools I can get to help me out with that are, are awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I'm actually curious. I mean, so you guys obviously are do software development and you have a software development tool. Um, how do you guys sort of use it? What's your, do you guys do agile or you how what's sort of your methodology and how, you know, how does your, your product source support that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we live a very, uh, at Clubhouse, we live a very meta life most of the time because we talk a lot about, you know, oh, how do teams deliver projects in order to figure out how we deliver projects, right? And so uh, we have to use term, you know, capital letters become very important in our documentation. Uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, a project, is that like a project that we're working on? Is it like a project in the clubhouse nomenclature of project, you know? Uh, so yeah, I couldn't even imagine like, I, yeah, I, I would think that we would just switch over to some sort of like keywords of like, okay, if we talk about hydrogen, we mean. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Totally. We haven't gotten quite that far yet. We, we've just gone to, to uppercase and lowercase letters. That's what we've, what we've decided on as our, uh, as our kind of, uh, you know, thing there. But, you know, uh, in terms of what we do at Clubhouse, you know, we run our teams, I think, uh, you know, similar to a lot of startups, right? We, we do sort of like an agile-ish uh, kind, of, uh, kind of process. So we try and plan out a roadmap for a quarter, uh, do some degree of capacity planning around like, okay, how many engineers do we have around? Who's, you know, who's taking vacation? Who's going on leave for some reason or another, right? Um, you know, things like that to get a sense of, of big picture, kind of like what boulders and rocks and, and pieces of dust are we going to try and commit to this quarter? Uh, throw some, some dates on those that we're, that we're shooting for. Uh, and then, you know, we try and be, you know, agile in the sense of like, you know, we don't want to, you know, we want to do a sufficient planning for the boulders that we're putting together to make sure that like, you know, we have confidence around the delivery date and then we slip in sort of like the smaller, uh, you know, the stones and the, and the, and the dust, uh, in between the cracks of that, right? But try not to plan too much up front and, and but to, for the big projects that we want to deliver and big features, whether it's something like, um, you know, our roadmap view uh, for users or, uh, you know, a big change to how our VCS system works out. We want to we wanna do the, the legwork in advance to make sure that we're uh, making the right investments for customers there. Cool. Um, and so, you know, you have, it's interesting, right? Because you guys are in this unique place, I think, where you're, get to be like where the developers really are their own, like they can really put themselves in that seat. I think that's cool. It's one of those things I've always looked for in a job. It's one of the things that attract me a little bit to cyber is as a cybersecurity person and being able to really empathize and, and, I, and see myself as a cybersecurity professional and how I would want to use the product. So it makes it so much easier for me to really take a lot of uh, ownership for the product that we have. And I think it's, it must be very enjoyable to work at a place like that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword, uh, right? Uh, it, it, I mean, it's definitely great. Like, I, I think it's one of the things that really attracts a lot of people to Clubhouse. Um, you know, we have candidates who are, uh, you know, when we're doing hiring, um, I got an email from someone the other day that said, 
you know, anyone trying to kill Jira is a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't even get me started on Atlassian and their whole suite because I'm not a big fan. So Yeah, <laughs> totally. So you definitely get like a lot of people who, who buy into the mission and who want to really like help out and make things great for other developers. Like me personally, for example, right? Like, you know, I started out my career really and got my cut my teeth at a company called JW Player, uh, which makes an open source web video player and, and platform. Um, but it was all like, I just fell in love with the idea of like building developer tools, right? Um, and, you know, I'm not going to cure cancer. I'm not going to put someone on the moon. Like those are not the skills that I have, but helping other engineers like be more effective and, and, you know, do uh, have a, enjoy their job more and, uh, you know, help deliver more value to the companies that they're working for. Like that's kind of where my, I can put a dent in the universe. And I think there's a, there's a lot of like-minded people at, at Clubhouse. Uh, the other side of that though is, uh, you know, people also just don't let things uh, slide by, right? People get into very passionate debates about like how this should work, how this should look, you know, what the features we're building. And so, uh, you know, we always have to temper on the other side. Uh, other side of that. Yeah. And one of the things I like, um, I mean, we can get into sort of design philosophies and stuff. Um, but like, in one of the things that, because I was also at some point in the product role as well. And I remember there were a lot, like one of the easiest things to say is like, oh, let's just make it configurable. Let's leave it up to the user. The user will decide. And that's where I think things really start to fall apart because you don't realize like every one of those decisions Every everything that you allow a user to make configurable is actually needs to be for a really good reason, and not just because we don't want to take the time to figure out the way this really should work or have an opinion. And um, while sometimes it feels like maybe you're being a little closed in when you're using software like that that has that doesn't have all of the configurability, it's exactly some of the things that I like about so, you know the software that I like is that sure it is the way it is. I can't configure this. But at the same time, it's like one less decision for me to make. I think you guys have struck a really good chord with, uh, or walked that line very well with what's configurable and what's not, um, as opposed to a lot of the other platforms. So kudos to you guys. Thanks. No, and I think that that's a big, certainly a big part of it, right? I think, you know, you want your users to walk in and feel like the product they're using is magic, right? And I think if you, you know, when you give users too too many options or you allow for you know, uh, you, you know, there's probably a term for this, right? But like sort of like edge case driven, like product development, mm-hmm. where like you think about everything someone might want to do with it and you're optimizing for the last five or 10%, you actually kind of miss the big picture of like, okay, but I want 90% of my users to feel the magic of this just working exactly how they want. Right. Now that doesn't mean that you, that you le- want to leave that other five or 10% of your users behind, but it does mean that like you, you might want to think about like better, more creative solutions to like progressively expose that complexity to them rather than giving it to them all right up front. Um, and we work really hard on that to make sure that we're, you know, to really keep focus on like, okay, let's really solve the 90% case the best way that we can. And, and if we need to solve that five or 10% uh, at the end, like let's make sure we do that. Yeah, I mean, right, avoid that decision fatigue um, up front, uh, do as much as you can. It makes a lot of sense. And I think, um, uh, and we can talk about this all day, but, I, you know, yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure to you know, talk about some of the other things. And, and uh, like, I'm curious, um, 
you know, how we, I know how we're using it. I'm curious how other organizations are using Clubhouse and, you know, to sort of support their various initiatives. I think it's really easy to think about this type of a tool just being used in your typical application development, you know, similar to how Jira or other things are, you know, being used where, you know, um, and I'm just curious, you know, maybe some of the stories of, of places that are using using Clubhouse maybe a little differently or in, in different use cases. Yeah, I mean, I think things we think about things breaking down uh, kind of as the organization scales, and um, I generally call it like the rule of threes, right? So, like an organization kind of hits a scaling point at every factor of of three. So, like you have an org that's three people, one that's like nine or ten people, mm-hmm. right? Then like about thirty, a hundred, three hundred. Uh, you know, 300 or 500, let's say, and then, you know, 1,000, 1,500, something like that. Um, and you see each of those orgs using things very differently, right? Um, a three-person team, like, you know, they're using it basically just like a to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, re- realistically, a lot of that communication is just these days probably going through Slack or, uh, you know, I maybe they're using Microsoft Teams or, or even iMessage or something to do a lot of their communication. And, you know, things are just like flowing through that way, right? Um, as, as you get into bigger, right, and they're probably like working off a single like Kanban board, right, or, uh, and they're just tossing stories in and burning through them. And that's awesome, right? right. Um, and, you know, we really see like, you know, there's a multitude of tools that like do the same thing for just like chuck a bunch of tickets in and, and work through them. Um, where we think we really start to add value is when your team gets up to that like 10, 25, 50, 100 uh, scale. And you sort of go from like a tight knit group that's all, you know, in, in old days, in olden times would have been like sitting around a table together or like in a room together. Mm-hmm. Um, and now suddenly like you've, you know, space constraints, physical strengths, constraints, like people start to move out. Right. Uh, and so at that point you get a little more rigorous and, and people start breaking things up into iterations, right? Like they're, they're thinking about, okay, like, what do I, like, not what am I delivering today, but what are we going to plan together, uh, to do so that you reduce that communication burden. You can say, okay, like we're going to have one planning meeting at the beginning of the week and then everyone's going to burn through and we can check in for five or 10 minutes in a stand up, uh, you know, every day. And, and then, you know, either, you know, we ship at the end of this two weeks or, you know, we flip on a feature flag and, and we track the results, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like the one team, we'll call that like the one team development. Once you get into two team developments, you see people looking at bigger things and we see them really start to put like above 10 uh, we start people seeing people like really push into using like epics, right? And so now they're moving into, okay, I've got a, you know, my team has a designer and a project manager or a product manager who's going out and doing the research up ahead. They're going to go work on all of this, right? And come back and report back to us. And so we're going to plan out this epic, this specific project. And we may have two or three of these projects in flight because now we've got dedicated resources working on on the planning, even in advance of engineering, digging in and doing kind of like implementation. So they start to put work into epics. And then, you know, again, that team is still going to sit down and plan out their, their iteration, but, you know, everyone on the team may be moving in a bit of a different direction at that point. Right. And, you know, you may in fact have multiple teams doing that and you have a manager, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the other big, big change that happens is suddenly like you start getting like some degree of, uh, you know, professional, uh, management in the organization. And they want to see like, okay, let me compare what's going on between these two th- teams. And reporting starts to emerge as like an important uh, consideration for them, right? How long do these things take for each team relatively? And, uh, you know, like how reliable is delivery across these? What's their their relative velocity? 
um, you know, where are their capacity and process bottlenecks, right? Those are the kinds of questions you start seeing crop up. Yep. And, or like uh, one of the ones I like to uh, focus on is like the amount of work, new work we're doing versus rework, whether it's bug fixes or maybe we didn't quite get this feature right. Um, and then this way we can sort of see, like, I don't mind, like, it's fine to do rework. Like we're an iterative shop. It's totally fine. Uh, we, we definitely believe in this, like get the feature out, iterate to success. But we also want to make sure that we're spending not all of our time just iterating on things we've already done, but we're also working on new features as well. So seeing what that balance is, um, is an important thing. Yeah, and and your your process becomes much more important, right? Like you want to know, like, did I complete my sprint? Like, right? Did I complete my iteration or my sprint? Uh, or are there stories carrying over? Like, how often am I completing it? How often am I bringing in new work? How good are my estimates? Right? Um, you know, you start to get into much more of a, you know, uh, an operational sort of like mentality about how you do things. Right, and I think as the organization goes grows, I mean, we hear. Uh, we prioritize or optimize for, I should say, we optimize for speed over predictability, which means we, we don't spend a lot of time up front trying to figure out those boulders and what we're going to get done this quarter and yada, yada, yada. It's, there's not a lot of dates. We're not do, we don't do a lot of dates. We have optimized for, let's just dig in, get the work done and, and move it out, iterate to success, move on, which is a totally, your, your platform supports that. Your platform also supports the more traditional or I guess it's traditional at this point because Agile has been, you know, been around. They talk about it as if it's new, but it's been around for like 20 years. Um, uh, but the more sort of iterative, spend some time figuring out what you're going to do and, and then you're, where you're optimizing more for predictability because you have a large sales or marketing operation that needs to be really well-connected and needs to plan things up because they have their own iterations that they're working on that need to... So that when you're doing a, a major product release everything is all lined up and, and ready to go out the door. So I think, um, you know, as, as you said, as organizations grow, the needs grow, change for um, where you want to be spending your time and how you want to be spending your time. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm curious, like, so, I mean, I, I think that's all pretty well within the traditional sort of engineering. How are you guys seeing, um, like, from a, like an operations team like that, being picked up um, and using uh, Clubhouse in, in a slightly, you know, sort of in the infrastructure's code. Um, there's no reason, you know, we use Clubhouse for everything. So I imagine there's other organizations like us that are using it for our oper- our infrastructure uh, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and we certainly, I mean, like we certainly do, right? Like we use Clubhouse. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, for, for better or worse, we for, force, I mean, force is the wrong word. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should restate that. We, uh, there's no coercion that happens, but we, we certainly strongly encourage everyone on, on all teams uh, at Clubhouse to use Clubhouse. So that means marketing, sales, finance, uh, you know, Ops. I think it's called drinking your own champagne or eating your own dog food. It really depends on whether or not you're uh, right. forcing them or right. <laughs> celebrating it. But yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so like definitely, definitely our ops team use it. And, you know, like certainly like me as CISO, like, a, you know, like I said before, like I, I depend on it. But like, you know, we, we've got these integrations with things like, uh, you know, like with GitHub like, and GitLab and all of these VCS providers. So certainly our ops team, like as they create stories, like, tickets get connected up with, you know, the work that they're doing. Um, we've got a robust API, right? Like, so if, you know, if you want to integrate it with, in some way, like with Terraform, uh, you know, as things move through, or, or AWS, like as things move through deployment, or, you know, your CI system, right? Like as things move through deployment, deployment pipelines, right? Certainly like 
you know, we see people doing that, right? Uh, where as things, um, you know, either either infrastructure or just like, you know, straight up deployments, right? People hook up and say, okay, this is now sitting in this environment, right? This configuration change has been applied here. Um, and, you know, Clubhouse is really fundamentally at the end of the day, a workflow tool, right? right. And so, uh, you know, we see people implementing all sorts of workflows and, and tying that into their, uh, tying that into to their systems, like as appropriate, you know, kind of regardless of what team they're working on. So, yeah, I mean, even like, um, I mean, there's a, we have a small uh, HR people, they're called people. Uh, our people team actually has a little small clubhouse uh, project as well. It's a totally different workspace where they can, you know, we don't want everybody to see uh, because it's a totally separate type of project. Yeah, of course. Else, but, um, but yeah, they were able to, you know, they're able to use it for just general workflow stuff as well. Um, so it was pretty cool to see it sort of in a totally different sort of use case. Yeah. And, you know, one of the limitations of like, it's interesting as the world moves more into this, like, uh, you know, sort of API driven small tech companies are kind of running everything, right? Um, You know, we see people hooking up like, to your point, like their HR workflows or their Figma workflows, right? If they're in design or, or, um, you know, uh, Atlantis, if they're using Terraform, right? Hooking up these things via Clubhouse's API. And so, you know, as you go from, or, or to Greenhouse, right? If you were doing like applicant tracking and things like that. So um, yes, Greenhouse has its own workflow system, but like our HR system, oftentimes HR people we see like oftentimes hooking these things up and saying, okay, like let's move this candidate through, work, through Clubhouse because once they get here, we need to do more with them, right? Like we need to continue that, that journey outside of, of where they land in the applicant tracking system. Yeah, for us, it's um, right. Our ATS is, um, we recently switched to, to Greenhouse. Um, but yeah, it's a sort of similar for for onboarding or for other projects, or there's lots of reasons why we might use um, just a regular project management tool or, you know, and uh, again, it's a workflow. Um, so that's pretty cool. And like as CISO, like like as the person at, at Clubhouse who is who's responsible for compliance, like, like we do, like this is exactly what we use it for, right? Like anytime someone starts at Clubhouse, like we have a story template, right? With all of the onboarding tasks, uh, you know, we go, you know, it's got various owners within the organization, right? So it doesn't all have to come to me, mm-hmm. um, right? Like someone comes on, the story gets created and and all of this work actually kind of gets distributed across the org. So that's the other like thing about the, the product that's so important is making sure that you're involving everyone across the org who's got the best responsibility rather than, uh, you know, just always devolving to, to putting all of the work on your CISO to do everything. Right. Um, Similarly for offboarding and, and things like that. So cool. Um, so yeah, no, it's always interesting to talk to a company that's using their own product in a in in it right because they're because they want to use it um for various reasons and then they get to use it in these interesting ways and solve solve different problems. Um, you know, any other sort of um in terms of, you know, from especially I think from cyber's perspective, because we we do a lot with security people and DevSecOps is very, you know, a hot topic right now. Someone to argue whether or not it's a buzzword. Um, but uh, I'm just curious, like, you know, any other things in that realm or... or um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, big thing for us is like, uh, you know, around sort of like, uh, you know, our SOC 2 process, right? Like, you know, that that to us is is certainly like uh, a big thing. It's coming, you know, we have our, our, our audit coming up pretty soon. We're about to like go down that path. Um, and so, you know, as we think about like what, you know, what pillars are, what pillars are we going to do? And and so like a big discussion for us recently has been, uh, around like our disaster recovery, right? Like, are we going to offer availability as a, as a pillar, uh, and, and trying to figure out with, you know, with disaster recovery, like, okay, like 
when did we last do a disaster recovery uh, exercise? Like, what do we need to do for a disaster recovery exercise, right? Right. Um, and so for all of these processes like that, you know, what we've done, what we've done and what we encourage people to do is like, you want to write down the process, right? Make sure that you've got that documented. And, and in Clubhouse, the nice thing is you can just go. Uh, I mean, what we do is like, we just go to the last time that we ran it, right? And we just copy everything a second. We create, we take the epic that's got all of the work that we did and we click copy, mm-hmm. right? And we just change a bunch of dates, right? And suddenly like, we're ready to go again. So it really helps you create this, uh, you know, the tool really helps you create this repeatable process uh, for any of these operational things that you need to do that may not uh, otherwise have, uh, you know, like full automation, like may not be fully automatable, right? That require actual human intervention into the process. Um, God forbid, because I'm, yeah, but yes, there's, you can't, you can't avoid it. But yes, every, I, we try and do everything as much as automated as possible. But yeah, there's certain things you just can't do. Um, so it's great to have tools to, to help you sort of manage and, and sort of automate to the best of ability of like assigning tasks and, and, and then making sure that, um, you know, you can even trigger off of people saying, oh, well, I did finish that task and then the next trigger goes. So it's very cool. Yeah. So we're super excited about that. Awesome. Uh, any, anything big coming out for uh, in the near future? Uh, yeah. I mean, you want to share. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. There's, there's lots of good stuff coming up that, that, that we can share. We, you know, we, we try and be transparent. Like we, transparency is an important value to us as an organization. So, uh, you know, I, I won't tell you about our, our secret, like, you know, time manipulation machine that, that one, I can't t- talk to you about the, the details of, but, uh, we've got some, uh, some really cool new features coming up around, uh, planning in particular. So like we've got a, a roadmap feature that we launched recently and right now it'll show you epics in a, in a timeline type of view. And, and that's going to get, uh, milestones added in addition to it. Uh, so that's super exciting and that's coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Um, we're also like built going deeper on our integration framework. So like, or our integrations that we have. So, uh, expect more Slack notifications around things. And, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to help people organize a little bit differently. People, you know, oftentimes now break up into teams, groups of people. Um, and we've released some work around that. Uh, we're going to start building out more notifications and more views, uh, that are based on the team that you're part of. So you can keep, uh, keep up to date. And, you know, as someone who's, uh, again, dogfooding this, this feature already, it's, uh, it's just provided me with like unbelievable visibility uh, because it just gr- groups things so logically uh, for how I think most teams are working. So that's been like a, that's a big enhancement that's coming along the way that I think most people will like, uh, especially if you're a Slack junkie like me. Yep, definitely looking forward to that stuff. I think speaking of Slack, one of the things, um, you know, uh, it's very similar to Cyber as well. You guys have a Slack community where users... Um, can join and 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 talk to uh, various people. Um, is that how have you found that? Like, if you, I mean, obviously you guys are continuing, have continued to do that. I'm just curious what your experience has been with that Slack community. Yeah, absolutely, great question. So, like, you know, we uh, we've gotten a lot of value out of our Slack community, right? I mean, so maybe by way of comparison, when I first started working um, at JW Player, uh, and this was probably like over 10 years ago. We had like a like our big thing was we had a web forum, right? Where people could go and post things. And it was like a big part of my day to go and respond to people on this on this web forum. And it was good. I mean, look, it was great as a junior developer. I, I met a lot of like really interesting people that way. I made a, a friend in a friend in Peru. I met some interesting people in the Netherlands. Like it was really cool. Um, but the amazing thing about the Slack community is it's kind of like that. Uh, but you know, it's in Slack. It, you know, I get notifications around it. 
Um, and we get great things like feedback on the product. Um, it's one of our best bug reporting channels. Like we get really live feedback. And, and the amazing thing to see is kind of like that web forum um, is that like I don't have to do all of the work and, and even like not everyone at Clubhouse has to do the work. There are people in there um, who are just passionate about project management and Clubhouse and, you know, who want to help each other, you know, so people ask, oh, how do I set up? I'm trying to do this thing. Like, how should I configure my projects in Clubhouse or my epics in Clubhouse to, to do this? And it's really cool to see that, right? To see people outside of Clubhouse who, who feel passionate about the product, sharing their knowledge and working with others uh, and helping them out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, I've, I've, as a member of that community, I've definitely seen that. Um, I'm also really impressed with, um, you know, I've been working with you guys for a while and, you know, sort of we as we uh, have rolled out Zendesk here, uh, I know that's a tool that you guys use and, and you guys giving us information, you know, sort of how do you use it and, and really helping us to integrate it well with Clubhouse. Um, that's all stuff that's really been helpful to us as well. So I think um, that sort of user community, um, you guys really get it like uh, and really, really embrace that. So that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I love our, I love the the members of our community, right? I think they're awesome. I also, you know, got to tell you, like, hat tip to the people on our team. Also, you know, we we do it basically voluntarily. People do it voluntarily. Like, we're not, uh, it's not anyone's official job title to to run our our Slack community. And you know, we get engineers in there, you know, responding to that, responding to people's tweets on Twitter, um, and you know. Uh, it's it's just such a far cry in terms of I think user experience. Uh, the difference between like a company like Google uh, or Facebook, where if you happen to have a friend who works there, like maybe you can get a hint at something. And uh, versus like our Slack community, I, I'm always just blown away about how our engineers and and product people and design people are just jumping in and and interacting and just available to the community. So we're real, I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely something for us to shoot for as well. Cool. Um, you know, so I, I thank you for joining us. I'm I'm curious. You know, any final thoughts or anything you want to you know mentioned before we go? No, uh, just the fact that, you know, really, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit, Mike, and, and you know, very, certainly uh, very excited about, uh, you know, working together in the future. And, you know, we were, I guess I should have said at the beginning, like we're, uh, you know, we, we use Cyberary for, uh, we use Cyberary also, right? Uh, so, you know, uh, really excited about this, uh, you know, how we get to use each other's products and, you know, uh, hope you'll, you'll continue to send feedback our way and, uh, you know, keep up the great work. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that, and definitely. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.